It's recording now. Are we good, you think? It's recording now. Do you want me to do the intro? Yeah. Or do I just talk about what a loser I am? That was me doing a self-beep on the F word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to a dejected Adam Pedersen-led Backroads and Bonfires podcast. Joined by the beautiful, sweaty, glistening Tom Hinkledye to my right. He's just gorgeous. Burkhart's here. We both know we're not gorgeous. Um, <laughs> Easy, Joe. But uh, we were making magic for like 15 minutes earlier, and I looked down and realized I wasn't recording. And now the only thoughts I'm having in my head is how I want to jump headfirst into a corn bin and try to swim my way to the bottom and see if I can survive. A grain <laughs> bin full of corn. I just want to dive right in. Triple Lux. I'm very upset with myself. Boys, how are you doing in the dejected Vista Paint Studios? You know, Ped, <laughs> after going through that, I don't know, 15-minute, what felt like very good flow. It felt like we were playing complimentary football. Felt oh. like we were running the motion offense to perfection. Felt yep. like we were doing a jazz number. Together. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it was just that Ed Sheeran TikTok video where you see people dancing in oh. perfect unison together. Poetic. That's what it was. And after we found out we weren't recording, it was kind of like, good God, there's bodies everywhere. <laughs> yep. Uh, I deserve to be one of those bodies. I deserve all the terrible things that happened to me for the next 24 hours because of that. I'd like to formally apologize here on the mic to you guys. Shout out to Vista Paints for being a sponsor of this podcast. Love them to death. Great people. Uh, I had a friend today in Okaboji of the Good Miss podcast, Nick, tell me if he ever needs paint. He's coming down to Vista Paints and saying that the boys at the Back Rose and Bonfire sent him. So shout out, Nick. Um, if anyone listening knows him, go scuff up his walls a little bit. Let's give Vista Paints some business. <laughs> yeah, get in there, get your paints, get your stains. I was in there yesterday. Tony got me all riled up. He was needling me. He knows what buttons to push. Yeah. We had a good laugh, though. Love T-Bone. Ah, man. Boys, I'm really upset with myself. I got I, I, I to gotta get over this and yeah. deliver some good content, but I'm Adam, very upset with myself. Adam, to the listeners, made a mistake I've never seen him make. Yeah. We talked for... 10, 15 minutes, he never pushed record. Yeah. Like it's an idiot. kind yeah. of an amateur move. How many episodes in is this, Ped? 155? This is episode 152. Incredible. <laughs> I'm a failure. <laughs> Complete failure. Um, Somewhere, Mike and Mary are <clears throat> wringing their hands saying, that child. Yep. I actually uh, saw Mary today. Do the listeners know? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And I saw her. I said, hey, I'm going to see your son today. And she says, you probably see him more than I do. Adam, why don't you Adam. be in your mom's life more? Sorry, mom. I'll try. <laughs> I'll try to be better. Aren't you always out at the farm, though? Mm-hmm. I see her quite a bit. Oh, okay. But she does teach a lot, so it's very briefly. She is quite She's a great sub. The teacher. Yep. Yep. She's a stud. We are short subs in Northwest Iowa big time, and it's been awesome that a lot of our teachers that have recently retired have so graciously come back and spent their retirement, part of their retirement with us still at the school. Yeah. If I was to rank all-time subs, I would go Mary 1, Meatball 2, Italian BMT 3. Boys, I'm not. It's pretty good ranking right there. And then the Canine Widowmaker (laughs) 4. Is that like a Navy sub? <laughs> Wasn't that that movie about like the n- nuclear sub? Yes. Canine Widowman. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, as much of a failure as I'd like to think I am, I did have a little bit of a day on the old sports books, boys. Mm. I want some money. It reached four digits before Litter. the decimal point. That reminds Shut me. Up. You owe me some money. And Ped, was that, did you have to bet four digits to win four digits? Nope. 
Because you cr- you concocted the most harebrained scheme, ten oh, leg yes. parlay, and the sucker for, hit for like ten bucks or twenty. Yes, and bucks. then I hedged my bet. Eighty, was it, I think. Was it how many? Bucks? Eighty to no. an eleven hundred. Gee, many Christmas took the cash out option on that, and I had a hedge going to the other one. I said, "Screw it, let's cash out and let it ride and go completely against all logic." Wait, you didn't take the cash out on the. Uh, I took the cash out option on Providence money line. Yeah, that was the hedge you took the cash out on. You n- you never no, cashed out the, the other Providence one. was the last leg of my parlay, and then I bet Seton Hall money line the other one to right, hedge. So, hedge. Yeah. Winner. So if I would have just not touched anything, it was like like a guaranteed eight hundred dollars no matter what. But I was like, you know what, thirteen hundred is more fun. When are we going to Who Hot? Soon. When are we taking these winnings and blowing it no, all? No, that's all the first, on who. First hot. thing when I hit, I was like, I got to take the boys out. Hey, I got to get your guys' opinion. Got to take the boys out. I saw this on social media. Um, a husband and wife who like to gamble, they bet something like 120 on Washington to win the title before the season started. Yeah. So they stand to win like 16,000 or they can cash out for 5,200 right now. What would you do? I saw one today. What would you do? I think we saw the same one. It had, you would bet, you would bet 9,000 or 8,000 on the other side. You would hedge it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, to make more money. You make more than 5200 And then when you're talking Hold those on amount second. of dollars, don't I, do what I did. I, I'm explaining to me like I'm five. Let me ask my question. So, so let, let, me, let me ask my question. Go ahead. So then, then I'll know what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. You are in for – okay, so you've already bet 120 You have a mm-hmm. chance to win sixteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me why you would hedge 9000 because if your cash out option is fifty, I haven't looked at the odds. What what is it? Is it a pick'em? I don't know. Let me look here. It is Washington plus four and a half currently. But they just bet oh, Washington to win it which before is the probably season like starts. So then, one. so then, yeah, fifty two hundred is probably a pretty good offer to cash out. Yeah, yeah. On, on because if 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 they bet Washington or if they bet Michigan, Michigan to just win, they're not going to get dollar for dollar their money. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. that cash out for sure. I would have to do the exact math, but unless it's you probably trust, baked in. Unless yeah. you're just like all in Michael Penix, let's go. They did say that they've talked about it, and because they're true gamblers, they're letting it ride. Holy they're, moly. They're going to let it ride. They clearly don't need the money then because I'm taking that five grand for sure. I'm, yeah. I'm probably – you've gone this far. That's what he said. He's like, we've gone this far. We bet it before the season. Well, and I mean, they would have had cash-out options well, like in the after they won the Pac-12 title. But not this too. big. Not it's this down much. to a coin flip basically now. I yeah. and I I I I'd have fun with it and go. Let it ride. Yeah, let her go. That's why I took that cash out today. I was like, screw this. I'm watching this game and it's not fun because no matter what, I know I'm winning. So I'm gonna take this cash out and then hope that this other one hits too, so I don't make way less. And it worked. And it made watching that end of that game so way it's, more exciting. It's good to cash out and then bet the other side. Uh not always. Sometimes. Not always. Gambling like gambling is hard for me. <laughs> What was well, that? I just took a swig of Dr. Pepper from this from this cowboy boot, and my voice went full Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> no, yeah, I, we just got to be better out there in the flats. I am drinking Dr. Pepper out of a cowboy yeah. boot right now. Um, Tommy. No, gambling's hard for me to understand. It doesn't come naturally to me. It's exciting. But, like, I recently had a business meeting with Tom Hankeldye. Mm. This is a true story. Mm-hmm. That dude started rattling off financial numbers, and I was like, he's playing at a different level than me. Oh, He'd, no. No. It's it's the way that you talk about percentages and numbers. Like you have a brain that just just gets it. You see it. You see the angles. I have to be like, I gotta sharpen my pencil, sit down with a notepad. I gotta really my brain starts smoking. I gotta try to figure this out. You should sit it down. is it feels like it comes very naturally to you to understand that world. Yeah. I don't know. It's all I do too. Like I you know, we sit here and talk history, and you talk. I just have to stop talking because sometimes I misremember things, and we think we knew things from the past, yeah. and and we recite them back confidently. And I'm like, shit, I really don't know that much. Burke <laughs> knows a lot about this. I got to shut up. Yeah, but you the numbers uh, I do every day. So you want to see a couple first team all pros sit at a table and watch him and Joel Corlew talk numbers. Just oh, let him just let I him bet cook. Joel Corlew is like a human abacus. Just let him oh, cook. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. It's Joel fun knows, to sit and listen. Joel knows business. What, what does Joel do for a living? He's a CFO of a company. Oh, wow. That sounds important. Mm-hmm. He knows his, it's been his goal since we were in like seventh grade. I'm the CFO of Backroads and Bonfires, chief fun officer. <laughs> You're the CEO of Burkhart Baseball. I am yep. the CEO of Burkhart. Which CEO, CFO. I've been getting some. I've been I've been getting some partnerships recently. Uh, now selling like Portalite 
portable mounds and softball mats. And I've got a meeting next week, which when this airs would be that week, Mm -hmm. with a netting company that wants to work with me. So I've got a lot of people that have, especially in rural areas, that have said like, hey, I want to put a batting cage in my my barn or my shed or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I've never had a supplier where I could get nets and stuff from it and to recommend, but that's like something I'm trying to bring into the network of Burkhart baseball equipment supplies. So you want to say to that, what let's go. I would never say this to his face, but Adam is a very supportive friend. (laughs) Like Michael says about Pam, you, what you you said about survivor, you made that joke. Like, yeah. Six months ago, that yeah. I would never say it to Adam's face, but he is a very supportive and nice friend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, well, it is. Uh, sorry, Tom, I cut you off. No, I, that was a that was a reference to the office, though. When yep. Pam walks away, and he's like, "I would never say it to her face, but she's a talented artist and a great worker." <laughs> Why would you not say that to her face? Oscar says, uh, "It's the." Uh, we're recording this on January 3rd. Are, Tom, we, are we actually recording this We now? are. Tom yeah. just got back from Fargo, North Dakota. How, Fargo was your, how was your time out in the old Fargo? It was great. It was great. We had fun with, with Steph's family, 10 grandkids in a house for a couple of days and mm-hmm. got to enjoy the great north. It was cold, but we uh, we had fun and now we're back to back to reality. I love it. Don't the holidays go too fast? The the funny thing was like Elijah the whole time too, like he got a new baseball bat that he bought from Burke and we went to batting cage twice to use it. And then the second he gets home, he's like, all right, when's baseball start? Nice. I, I went and hit with Hob, we, me and Hobbs hit and played catch and did some, some infield work in the cage the other night. I had had kind of a not great day and I texted my wife and I just said, you know, Hey, when I get off work have him ready, I'm going to the cage with him. I just want to be with my son and do baseball and talk about a, a stress reliever and, makes your day better when you're like, I just spent quality time with my son and we were in the cage and he got done hitting and I, and I called him over and he, and I just put my arm around him and I said, I love you Hobbs. And I love playing baseball with you. This is my favorite thing in the world. And he just, he's got a big smile. That's awesome. Good times. So I got to get some stuff off my chest here. Tailgating the slow driver when someone's driving on the road and they're, am I having deja vu? (laughs) And they're tailgating the slow like driver. I feel like we've talked about this before. Is there an echo in here? Okay. <laughs> that person is worse than the actual person driving 10 miles per hour under the speed limit. Because why are you with miles of room to pass tailgating them proving three, a, three proving feet a off their bumper instead of passing so everyone else can keep passing? You're the worst, and I wish bad things for you. You don't think they need to prove a point? What do you mean prove a point? No, I'm actually in agreement with you. Just... Just prove pass, a point to that person that they need to drive just faster. Just pass them and give annoyed look when you go by. Yeah. It, that's enough. You got to crank the head, though. You got to look over and be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Figure it out. <laughs> and then you feel bad because it's some like it's some like super old lady and you're like, eh, I feel bad. I should did that once to my great aunt back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was aunt. with you. Yeah, my great aunt, Alvina. Let me get this straight. I was peeved. Okay. Going back to storm. Didn't I'm like, realize oh, my was gosh, this person. I pass. And I look over. I'm like, ah, it's my great aunt, Alvina. So let me never get this felt straight. like more of a jerk. You road rage your great aunt. You kick Tom's grandpa on the back of the head. Yeah. You are like abusing of the elderly. You abuse elderly people. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> horrible there was, person. There was one. Like, can you imagine? Bless. bless can go I, ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Just can you imagine a whole Alta like town hall meeting? Like whole town's there. And we just say, who in here has been personally victimized by Adam Pedersen? And you see like 70% of the hands go up. Go ahead. He, he so you mentioned my grandpa last week about the boat rides and, and the funny things he would say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they, uh, my grandpa and grandma just didn't have much of a filter. Um, no, they did not. And so, like my grandma loved it. She lived right across from the high school. The next house over, as you look right here, is the next house over. Yeah. Um, so every time we had a rough lunch that we didn't like, I would have two friends come with me to eat. And so I'd shower there in the mornings after cross country or late weightlifting or whatever. And she's like, are you coming for lunch today? I saw it was tuna noodle casserole. I was like, yep. She's like, who are you bringing? I'm like, well, I don't know yet. Well, can you call me from school? If it's Adam, I want to make sure I have enough. <laughs> Two extra ham and cheese sandwiches on hand. If Adam's coming. The chicken Kievs. Yeah. Oh, oh my those word. chicken Kievs were so good. The stuffed pork chops. Oh, Remember my those? word. So yeah. good. Yeah. What is yeah. in a chicken Kiev? It's just butter and. 
cheese parsley like a cheese sauce. yeah Yeah. so good yeah Mm, literally right next door right here yep loved it a lot of fun who would make that for you my grandma margaret shout out to grandma margaret for being a staunch supporter of ukraine even back then (laughs) (laughs) and she did she put the little flag on top in there you know yeah ma'am those were the days so like talk talk about like a different time and place where you could just leave school and go have lunch with friends across the street. Our uh-huh. senior year was, would never happen now. It was wild. Like I had, we were gone all the time, all the time. Like my last three periods were nothing, yep. pretty much. My senior year, uh, first and second semester, I had one class each semester. That was it. I don't. I was know gone if, for five hours a day. I don't know if it's different now because oh, uh, it's different. Well, back then. Um, there were so many of us taking college classes yeah, they told that us. were online and we could just do those whenever. And that took the place of something. I we think. still but have it, stuff yeah. like that, but you have to be in. No, school. They told us if it's your college class hour, study hall, lunch, you can just be gone. And so I just five of them in a row. That's only your senior year. The senior year. Yeah. Maybe I'm so mis- I was always gone. Maybe I'm misremembering this story, but um, uh, Jared and Corey tell a story and, and Justin tell a story about how, uh, our, our superintendent, our senior year was uh, Mr. Martin. Superintendent. Yes. Yeah. Larry Martin. Larry Martin. And one time, they didn't have free periods, Mm-mm. but they just would be gone. Principal like a, Larry Martin. Principal Larry yeah. Martin. Um, they they didn't have free periods, but they would just be gone like the rest of us mm-hmm. who had free periods because we were in college class or whatever mm-hmm. else. And one time they got in trouble by a teacher. And apparently the teacher went to Mr. Martin and said, Hey, these guys aren't showing up for like three periods a day. And he was just like, you know what? Thought a lot about that. And it's just a little bit easier when they're not here. <laughs> they just let him be gone. And he's like, this is a win-win for everybody. Yeah, they had a mutual agreement. Like, we, is, like, that the, is that the right story? No, you're 100% right. It's like, we, they're like, we know that we're a handful. And the school's like, yeah, let's mutual agreement. You just be gone. Just get out of here. <laughs> I love all of my students and care about them as people. There are certain students where the class period runs a little smoother when they're not there. And you want them to be there. You do. But I think we all went to school with some kids, and there are still kids that exist where it's like, I'd prefer you're here, but I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit quieter, and it's a little bit less rambunctious when when you are gone for the day. Yep. Yeah. Um, Another thing that's bothering me, I feel like customer service and basic human decency is lacking. I, don't you think in that this world? customer um, manners has also gone away? Yes. It's yes. like customer service isn't great, but neither are the manners of the actual customers. True. And, and then that yeah. does not help the situation at all. No. Um, but like too many times in the last couple of years on the farm, like a service person was supposed to come out or something. They tell us when they're coming, we get everything ready to go, and then they just don't show up for the day. And I call them. I'm like, where are you guys at? And they're like, oh, well, we're going to try to come tomorrow. Like I spent... I, I planned my yeah, day you rearranged you your schedule. Like, it, it annoys me so much. If you're not going to come, whatever. But at least, like, I think people don't call anymore and, mm-hmm. like, communicate. That's the part that bothers me so much. It's like, if you're Do not you going to come, that's just new? let me know. Do you think that was happening in, like, the 1930s? I don't want to just sit and wait. I don't know. Maybe. I, maybe, maybe that's never changed. I don't know. I, I do think that, like, as we become more connected, like, with technology and stuff like that, We've also lost a skill of like explaining our story to others. I think a lot of people just assume everyone knows what they're going through. So like if I'm you on the farm, I just assume you know my situation on the farm and that it's going to take me four hours to get this ready. Maybe they're making assumptions too. And we want the quick interaction so fast that we don't like figure out details of it. it I feel it too, where it's, it feels like people are so short to con- communicate that there's all this stuff that should be talked about in that upfront conversation that are just not talked about assumed on both sides and both sides could be assuming totally different things. You're I see it in our business. I see it in, 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 in a lot of things. Yeah. Yep. Bugs me. It's frustrating. Bugs me to no end. But I saw a video the other day, uh, Home Depot, um, just an absolute jerk of a customer. The guy's like 50 and he's giving this like 18 year old kid the business. Just being completely out of line. The kid just like says, I'm done. He quits. And then he's walking out and the guy just keeps jabbing him and jabbing him. And then the 18 year old kid oh, like gee, gets in his face. And then the guy all, and then the guy pulls out his phone. Oh, you want a lawsuit? Like you're 50. He's 18. And this is how you're acting. And then you're going to pull crap like that. Sometimes, Man, that annoys. Sometimes me. people, I think, get so mad 
the phrase blind rage, like they, they, I don't think they're even aware of how bad they're coming off. Yeah. And it won't be till later when they're like, I can't believe I did that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Could be. And he was wearing a t-shirt that said grumpy. Ironic. Well, that makes sense. Ironic. At least it's not false advertising. Yeah. 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 Um, do you have other, like, that would frustrate me on the farm. No, know? it's mainly just all, every single time we have like a service thing planned. It's almost every single time never fails. Those guys can't, those those companies too can't find anyone. No, it's, like, it's a struggle. And this guy that Jordan works with out of South of our Paulina, Terry. Yeah. Like getting Terry on the farm is like an act of God. And I mean, he does a great job, but, mm-hmm. and he's working 60, 70 plus hour weeks, he says. And that's how long it takes him to get to you because he just, there's it's, not enough of him. My brother is a carpenter. Um, and he's like, people will call me and say, hey, we need a, do you do bathroom remodels? And he's like, yeah, but like, I am super booked out. And they're like, that's fine. Like, and my brother's like, I'll just throw out a, a, a number that's crazy high. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to say yes to this. And they're like, that sounds good. We'll pay that. When can you do it? He's like, well, I'm not even free for like seven months. They're like, that's okay. Put us down. Like, there is such a shortage of people. In the trades. In the trades yep. that people are willing to pay, number one, huge prices. And number two, wait long times just to get somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just somebody, anybody. Yeah. John Deere, we just lost. Uh, he retired the gym at Storm Lake John Deere, Jim Crock. I didn't know who's him. Who's freaking unbelievable. I'm like worried. Like without him, what it, I hope we still get good customer service. He he was unbelievable. Yeah, huh? And it's only going to get worse though because the baby boomers are retiring. They're a huge part of the workforce. Mm-hmm. We we the numbers don't add up. We can't replace them. No. Um, it's going to be interesting in the trades. Uh, hopefully, more and more kids go into them because I think there's a good living to be made. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, in the trades, Olson Welding. Yeah, I hope that keeps going. Mike saved us. Thousands. Mike was unbelievable. Of dollars over oh, yeah. the years on the farm by just making parts for us instead of having to buy brand new ones through. He was almost someone. like an artist with the metalwork. Yeah. Like what he could see in his mind's eye and create was unreal. Two summers ago, I had the shaft on my 4020 tractor break, and John Deere like finally located one from some company like halfway across the United States. And it was going to be like $5,000 mm-hmm. to get it. I took the part to Mike. I said, he goes, yeah, I'll take a look at it. He calls me two later, two uh, days later. He goes, I got your part done. I go in, charge me like $240 for it. Yeah, he was <laughs> – my Mike Reinert was a huge loss for the community. Yeah. He was su- such a skilled worker but also a great person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the trades, man. There's money to be made there. Kids are willing to do it. Yeah, now everybody today just wants a podcast and a food truck. <laughs> Losers! Everybody just sits at home gambling on 10-leg parlays. <laughs> Nobody's out making things anymore. <laughs> Those guys are idiots. Hey, when I was a kid and I was shooting hoops in the driveway, you know, 10, oh, 9. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if I missed the buzzer beater, I'm like, Andy was fouled. <laughs> oh, yeah. But the foul wasn't called until I saw if it was going in or not. For sure. Yep, and yeah. then it's like, he's going to the line. He's got to hit these two to win. And then I missed the first one. And I'm like, and the Guys, guy what? went in the lane His early. In the lane. He gets another lane free violation. Like, lane violation. Dude, I would do this every day. I, yeah, yeah, I would always, always uh, find a way for me to weasel it's, out of missing the buzzer. Beater. It's the equivalent of pulling the game console or the ejecting the, the <laughs> disc from the PlayStation when you're losing in Madden. <laughs> would you guys go? I would go to the end of the driveway and like throw the ball with my right hand like over and then act like I was running and like a, my teammate got the rebound and threw me like a long pass and I caught it on a fast break and then the defender came over top so I went and did a reverse layup underneath and then I ran and gave high fives yeah on the side of the court. you gave air high fives air fives yeah yeah and then the other team had to call a timeout and I'm firing up the crowd my mom was probably inside watching meanwhile me like, look at this kid out here what's wrong with it <laughs> your mom was watching from the kitchen window and she just like calls Mike over and she's like I think we can empty the college savings account yeah <laughs> I don't think we're gonna need it <laughs> If only we would have had a family meeting about that for real. And so, said, I don't know. What do we think here? <laughs> so I had a, I had a couple of frustrating basketball tournaments coaching yeah. Elijah. Where, Recently? Yeah, where I was probably a little bit severe on him specifically. 
and my mom came to one game, made me aware of it post game, um, in, in no uncertain terms. And I went and I was just like, you know what, mom? And later on, I was like, I don't feel like I was that hard on him. It's just, I just remember being a little bit more advanced than him at this age. And I, I know he can do it and he knows what to do. And he's just struggling with the, some of the concepts right now. And she mm-hmm. goes, wait, you think that you were a better athlete than your son at this age? Oh no. And Should I said, I said I'm you? not saying athlete. I'm saying basketball. She goes, Tom, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Trudy, bring up the truth oh, yeah. bomb. Just a truth bomb that just like <laughs> set me back a little bit. Maybe I need to just chill out. Yeah. yeah. Tom, you and I were kind of late bloomers. We both, yeah, in, I would in say a, so. In high school and sports yep. and stuff. I think you had a little bit of nostalgia. I think nostalgia so. is nostalgia mixed with amnesia. Uh, yes. You have a rosy picture of the past and you're forgetting half of it, which is all the bad parts. You're right. only remembering the good parts. I think that's absolutely. And you're like, mom. I never missed a butter buzzer beater in the driveway. Yeah. Not Ever. one time. And if I did, I was fouled and I hit the free throws. What yeah. are you talking about? Mom? And how many times did the other team mess up after when I had a chance to mess up? I mean, it just it yeah. just worked out. She's like, you think you and your friends are more advanced? The, the husky kid that give air high fives in his driveway? Yeah. <laughs> that kid? You guys, the two of you that would get in I've car slowly, accidents I've, in parking lots? I have the kid slowly. that would ram your car intentionally and kick old people in the back of the head you think that you and that kid were advanced i have slowly driven by the Pedersen farm and watched your guys's two on two tournaments from the road you're not that good <laughs> he's a chucker <laughs> yeah. oh man that's now, great i actually like i tell my high school baseball players if i went to this high school i'd have never seen the field i was like you guys are all better than i was and it's it's not close yeah yeah and I think if you I think if you're coaching and what I said to them is not a lie. I'm not saying it to pump them up, but I also when I first got into coaching when I was like 18, you really think that what athletes want to hear is how good you were. You 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 have this stupid idea of like, but they won't listen to me if they don't think I was good. And that's actually not how a high school kid thinks at all. All they care about is, can you help me get better? Mm-hmm. That's all they care about. Yeah. Hey man, that failure you just had, I, I I had probably an even bigger one. Yeah, but I understand what you're feeling. Yeah, and you will live. Mm-hmm. It, the sun will come up. Yep. yep. Just get out there and play and have fun. True. Yep. Right on. Um, speaking of sports, you guys want to get into the meat? Mm. I think we can of the episode. I think have, we can. Have we ever told the listeners that? Like we talk about getting in the meat of the episode, you have a deep freeze full of meat in this podcast Literally. studio. In the Vista Paints deep freeze? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There is a deep freeze full of dead cows. Yep. Right in there. And corn we saw. And, and corn. Some and sort some of cobbler. Some, some sort some of cobbler. Yes, there's a cobbler. It's an incredibly uh, clean freezer, Ped. Mm-hmm. You know me. I keep things clean. What? Yeah. Uh, what I, woke is- up, I woke up at four in the morning the other day like a crack addict and cleaned my whole apartment. <laughs> I literally woke up, brushed my teeth, and I like saw something on my floor. And cleaned my whole apartment for an hour. Floors, everything, dusted. Not going to lie, that's weird. Yeah. I was really sweaty afterwards, but dang, did it feel good. You were going to ask something before we get into the meat. Mm. I just don't know what makes a cobbler a cobbler. Chad would know. He's a big cobbler guy. Chad's a big cobbler guy? Oh, yeah. He makes the greatest peach cobbler on a Dutch Dutch oven I've ever had in my life. Chad Buckholtz? Yes. He's made like three of them for me in my lifetime. They're unbelievable. I don't know if I would like a a peach cobbler. I think I like blueberry. They're both amazing. Is a you cobbler, would like peach. I feel like a cobbler, like the top of it is inconsistent. So, sometimes there's a little bit of the fruit. Sometimes there's a little bit of the the, the I think what the you pastry do or is whatever you it is. put your fruit stuff on the bottom. You put a ton of butter on top of that and you dump cake mix over that. Oh, you kind of sprinkle it. And then you put more butter over that and then you cook it. And the true one's done in a Dutch oven and you have a, over a fire and then you put hot coals on top of it too so it cooks on top that's what gives you that crumbly crust interesting is the butter mixing with the cake batter on cake uh, like powder cake mix on top dude they're unbelievable have you ever put butter on a pop tart it is so freaking good yeah have you ever put a butter on a pop tart it's so freaking good uh good times all right uh burke had the idea that we should tell funny sports stories from our childhood Failed ones, funny ones, whatever it might be. And I thought this would be a great time. Like we're just sitting around a fire, mm-hmm. just chatting, sharing our failures. Uh, I have 10 written down. I'll probably think of more as we go. I have so many gaffes from my life or embarrassing <laughs> moments. Uh, would you like me to start? 
Sure. Yes. All right. My very first one that I instantly thought of was on senior night in football. I was a first team all district kicker, had a lot of touchbacks, no big deal. Golden toes, what they call me, but again, no big deal. Um, I went to launch a kickoff once. Completely. Is it tough getting around town? Like when you got those kind of accolades hanging on your it is, shoulders? Honestly. Yeah. You uh, probably just beating the ladies off with a stick, right? I you thought just... about getting tinted windows so people didn't see me coming in like a generic vehicle so they wouldn't know it was me. But mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm an egomaniac. Unless you're driving <laughs> by your girlfriend's house, then yeah. you roll it down. Yeah. Since you've been gone. <laughs> anyway. Can you just drive by my house blasting that one time, please? Just sure. once. I'll do it. Yeah. Um, I go to kick it off completely whiff and like slip and i barely touch the top of the ball and it ends up being the perfect onside kick and joel <laughs> corlew recovers it you just fell butt backwards into an onside yes, and joel corlew recovered it and it was on the front page of the sports section joel like hovering off the ground midair grabbing the ball like as it's floating through midair for an onside kick and i'm like in the background on my butt who are you playing uh senior day i think lawton bronson okay yeah. What'd your coach say? Smoked him. Uh, I don't remember if he was mad was or hammer? just laughed. It was hammer. We won like 55 nothing or something like that. So he was probably. But it was the opening kickoff? Opening kickoff. Was it rainy? And it had snowed. And oh. we, for some reason, our coaches had us go practice on the actual field the day before the game. We tore it up. And so it was like frozen mud. It was solid ice. So we were just slipping all over the place in our cleats. And I unintentionally onsided it. It was very embarrassing, but it worked. But me wanting the stats was mad that I didn't get a touchback instead of being happy for our team recovering the outside kick. You, it's only stupid if it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the first one I thought of. I I have a football story. So, um, oh, man, I got a sneeze coming on. Achoo! <laughs> it's, I, I don't have the hiccups. You don't have to try to scare me. It's a sneeze. You can't yell a sneeze out. You can't scare a sneeze out. So we are playing against Collins Maxwell Baxter, middle school football. My class was so good at middle school football. We finished our junior high career 09 and 1. We uh <laughs> we once tied Gilbert 0 0. And uh you guys know what time of day middle school football games are. Like yeah, yeah, like, like right after school, right? dusk. Yeah. Right? Yeah, dusk. So we are actually winning like seven nothing. We can't believe it. Our whole offense was my friend Daniel, who ended up running track at University of Iowa, clearly the best athlete in our class, was like, hike the ball, Daniel, run for your life. Okay, that was like, (laughs) that was the offense. Um, Maybe hand it off to our friend Goon, maybe not, but mostly Daniel running. (laughs) So Daniel's running the ball. He gets tackled onto the first down marker out of bounds. He's like, you know, he's in pain. He landed on his back on the yard marker thing. Mm -hmm. And he's writhing around and the referee's like, he's got to sit out for at least one play. Like clock's running. We got to go. He's quote unquote injured. I was the backup QB. Normally I played receiver a little bit and he's like, you know, Burkhart get in there. And I'm thinking he's only got to sit out for one play. We're just going to hand this thing off. No, that's what we're going to (laughs) do. Right. Right. You know, receiver runs the play and, and it's a pass. And I'm going, what are we doing here? This is a this is a game manager situation. <laughs> also, I can't see over the line. I'm short. I haven't hit puberty yet. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And also the sun is setting in the direction that we're going. It's we're going west. So I'm like, all right, we just gotta we just gotta call this play and get through this. I oh, by the way, our line was terrible. So I snap the ball, and I know that my friend Brandon is running a slant, like a quick slant, right? And he is running this slant right into the sun. <laughs> it is a burning ball of, like, brightness. And I just go, I can't see over the line. There's a sun flare, and I know Brandon's running towards it. I'm just going to throw this ball into the sun flare. And I think it's going to be right on target with Brandon. Hike, I do that. You know, it's like a camera flash, like your eyes. And I'm like trying to see what happened. And out of the sun flare comes a CMB player with the ball running the other direction. <laughs> I threw pick a six. pick six. <laughs> we lost the game like 42-7. Oh, so it didn't, <laughs> matter. it didn't matter. I think it turned the whole tide. <laughs> you were going to win. I think Daniel was frustrated, but also like not really at me, more like, 
Why did we call a pass? Yeah, that's bad coaching. It's it's questionable call there. Yeah, bad so, coaching. And I was just thinking like, what a dummy. Not the coach, but like, how did I throw a pick six? I was in for one yeah, play. 35-13 would have sounded so much better. Brian Ferentz offered me a, 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 <laughs> a letter of intent that day. Yeah. yeah. We really like what we saw out of him out there. You know, he's running the game plan well. Uh, practiced really well this week. Yep. Looked good in practice. Looked great in practice. We, uh, we, you know, we picked the guy that we think is the best to get the job done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Tommy, what about Tommy, you? Tommy, did you play middle school football? My, I'll, uh, that's not my first one. Okay. My, my first one is, I in my first varsity cross country race, I got 152nd out of 152. Hey, that's hard to do. <laughs> Dead last. Were you a freshman? I cried. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a freshman? I just want the crowd to sit in silence <coughs> and just let that sink in for a second. For those um, <laughs> who a, have seen Tom in our, I was a freshman. in our shorts on social media, um, that's exactly what Tom was as a freshman. He hadn't hit his growth spurt yet. I was five, what are you now, 6'2"? Six 6'2", two? Six two, but yeah, I was Back five, then, you were short. I was 5'3", 120 pounds. Yeah, you were a little fella. And I never, I would always drive the golf cart around. Yeah. At practice so that we could train Eric Holton, our stud. <laughs> yeah. And I never once ran before my first cross country meet. <laughs> yeah. Never once. Tom's the trainer. Not even, when it comes to game time, not they even, throw him out there. Not even one time. <laughs> hey, were you good at cross country by your senior year? Uh, yeah, they went uh, to state. I was okay. Did you ever think about running in college? Uh, track I did, not, not cross country. I wasn't good enough in cross country. Did Iowa State have a track team? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Did, is, did they have a track? Yeah, yeah, they have an indoor and outdoor track. I would assume if they have I feel a track like I've team never heard track. anything about the Iowa State it's not track McFarland team. USA. Our, over there. our track team is pretty good. What, our, what is that? You never heard seen the movie McFarland USA? No, I haven't. You should watch it. I've, <laughs> I only watch without limits when it comes to track movies. <laughs> so Iowa State has a track program. Yeah, yeah, very good one. Actually. I knew they had cross country. They're nationally recognized, at, like pretty very good track and field and cross country. Yep, nice. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't have been able to run there if I I I could have run it maybe like a BV or something like that mm-hmm. by my senior year with my times and stuff. But I just I didn't want to work out anymore. What this about Fa- what about Faust? Could you run a Faust? Yeah, I could have. <laughs> it it just wasn't <laughs> Faust. It wasn't my jam. Cosmetology track yeah. team. <laughs> The thick track team. It, it, uh, that's a pretty elite boys track club to get into. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Tom, this is why, you know, well, you said we're late bloomers. This is why you keep working your butt off and don't give up and don't just quit yeah. if you're not good right away. Because look at, look at the dividends it paid for us. Well, my second one is going to be a quitting story, so mm. we'll come back Hold to that. Hold that thought. Yeah. Uh, my second one is I remember getting beaned in the butt in a baseball game when we were like, I don't know, eight. Nine, something like that, when it was the old Corn Belt League back in the day. Oh, yeah, Rembrandt. And, yeah. Yep. I got smoked. Albert City. And I stood at home plate and cried. And her coach came out and consoled me and rubbed my butt in front of everyone. And I thought this was really weird. This was in eighth grade? <laughs> eight years old. Oh. <laughs> eighth grade. <laughs> and I, I just thought, like, it's kind of weird. My coach is, oh, you're okay. Well, why are you me. crying about it? I was a little, little – yeah, not a, I was not tough back in the day. Apparently, no, I guess not. Stuff like that hardened me. It takes a while for maybe that to be a, in. a rock thrower. Did you ever in your driveway, like by yourself, play out like getting hit in the butt? And your coach coming out and rubbing it. <laughs> <laughs> I had my dad buy a pitching machine just so I could have it aimed at me and stand in front of it. <laughs> uh, I just I always remember that being awkward. I don't feel like I have a lot of embarrassing baseball stories, which is surprising because that's the sport. Um. I played the absolute most. This didn't happen to me, but when we were playing in the Metrodome in college, this kid, Joel Clevenger, was playing third base one time, and the ball went right between the buttons on his jersey, went right inside of his jersey. He fielded a ground ball, and he was, like, panicking. We're like, where, where is it? And it's in his shirt? Yeah, it's happened in Major League games a couple times. It just it goes perfectly. It just f- flies right in there. And he's like scrambling, scrambling, scrambling like inside the buttons. Yeah. Oh, he's wow. like scrambling, scrambling, scrambling. And then he just sort of put his head back and like reached into his jersey. Pull- and we all started dying laughing from the dugout because we're like, wow, you never see that. It's That's on, amazing. It's on like the wide world of sports bloopers, like maybe yeah. when you're a kid. But it, yeah, it bounced right into his jersey. That's incredible. That was funny. 
Nice. Uh, anyone want to go next? I have many. You go, Ped. Uh, my next one. Uh, it's a good and an embarrassing. I'll never forget in the semifinal game to go to the championship of our league when we were like 12. I hit a walk-off triple off of uh, Garrett Hill. I don't know if he remembers nice. this or not. Yeah. And uh, it was like a one hopper to the fence, and I didn't need to keep running, but for some reason I kept running, and then I just stopped on third and gave myself a triple, and I was so excited. Well, me and my friends were screaming and yelling and everything. I peed my pants a little <laughs> and had a wet spot right on my pants as we celebrated after the game, and I remember everyone pointed it out and made fun of me, and the parents were laughing about my wet spot because I peed from excitement. <laughs> Never forget it. We had a. <laughs> That's amazing. We had. I a, never heard that one. Yep. We had a our little league field, um, outside the right field foul line. You know, on that side of the fence, it sloped down to a creek, and we called it Pea Creek. Like everybody called it Pea Creek because if you had to go to the bathroom as a little league baseball player, you just ran down to the creek and took a pee in it. Yep. And so my parents were like, "Don't ever play in that creek. Everybody pees in that creek." <laughs> Oh, uh, like your... it runs. <laughs> what's your next one? Um, mine seemed to hover around football because we were so inept. Um, we had these two coaches. Their names were Sean and um, Scott. Okay. Coach Miller and Coach Chapman. We called them Spike and Tommy, and they did not like that. But we would always be like, Spike and Tommy. Um Spike was a college kid at the time from Iowa State, actually. Um, Tommy was our middle school guidance counselor. And, you know, seventh and eighth grade are kind of together, but you, you play separate games, but you practice together. Mm-hmm. They were so out on us as eighth graders. They knew, like, there's no hope for this class football-wise because uh, we had different coaches our seventh grade year. Um, seventh grade year, all we did was basically conditioning. Like, Coach Stanton would punt a football – and be like, everybody has to go run and touch it. Last one, grab it, bring it back. And we just did that over and over again. We could have in football. Yes, we could like learn skill. No, we could have <laughs> broken away from any team we played if we could just <laughs> execute one freaking play. We were that well conditioned. It felt like so. Spike and Tommy get us our eighth grade year, and they're like, these kids are hopeless. They would like just focus on the seventh grade. We as eighth graders were like. On the other side of the field by ourselves running fake field goals <laughs> with our friend, two of our friends taking their jerseys off at practice and standing there forming a human goalpost. You know, <laughs> this is incredible. And we're just down there running fake field goals while they work with the seventh grade, who was awesome. That's amazing. And so we get to the games. And again, it's Daniel hike the ball, run for your life. Spike calls a timeout. He goes, Daniel, hike the ball and run. This is word for word. He said, the rest of you, just do something that doesn't suck. And we're like, <laughs> okay. You know, so we go out there and um, he tells me, he's like, just go to fullback. And I go, I don't even play fullback. I've never played fullback. He goes, it won't matter. Just line up at fullback. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Get down to my three point. Daniel hikes it. He takes off around the corner. It's just basically he's running an option, but he's never going to pitch it. You know, I can't even get in front of him. Hard to imagine we went 9 and one with uh, with a, with a co- with coaching like that. Fake field goals. Uh, seventh and eighth grade, I played football uh, again. I had grown to the um, the intimidating height of five foot three, hundred and twenty <laughs> pounds. Went to BV football camp in preparation for freshman two a days or whatever. And I remember this. Um, I get. My coach, we're supposed to go to our actual teams. So we were going to our actual high school teams before they, there's probably six or eight schools at this camp. Um, go to our teams, tell us position wise where to go. I get sent with a lineman and I look like all of their children pretty much. Um, <laughs> and we start to go do drills. Like our head coach sent me to, he goes, I remember very clearly, Tom, you go, go with the line. Um, I said, Coach, are you sure? And he goes, yes, go with the line. And we go to do drills. And so we're all running drills, and I'm in the back of the line, and I get up to run some sort of Oklahoma-ish type drill. And uh, I'm stuck across from some six-foot-three, 240-pound guy. And the BV head coach running the entire camp blows his whistle, stops the camp, and says, Son, what are you doing over here? This who, is like when Tony Buckholz. Who do you belong to? <laughs> to teach him about painting his covers. Yeah. Who do you I belong? Was there. I witnessed all yeah. this. 
<laughs> he freaking stops the camp, puts me in his golf cart, drives me embarrassingly across camp to my coach, <laughs> says to my coach, hey, this kid's going to get hurt. What's he doing over here at the lineman? <laughs> oh, Tom, I told you to go with the receivers and running backs. Sends me over there. The very next day, I told my mom I'm not going out. I quit. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. Yep. Yeah, that was uh, that was unethical. Well, I was just hilarious. <laughs> uh, at BB camp, I remember I won a lineman speed drill. Uh, was, I got first out of like 80-some linemen, and I was freaking hyped. Deceptively fast for a big boy. You know what I did love, though? Fridays after school before the football game, before a home game. When you're just like driving around town in your jersey, like let's go to Casey's and get a Mountain Dew. Oh yeah. And if you're if you're like me, you're like there is a zero point zero negative zero chance I will see the field tonight. So like I don't have to mentally get prepared for anything. I'm gonna stand on the sideline with my friend Eric and joke around for two hours. <laughs> so like let's just go get pizza, let's get pop. Like we don't need to get ready to perform at all play some video games that was fridays and it was like let's let's get into the locker room get our stuff and get out so we don't piss off the seniors when they're trying to like get hyped and we'll just go throw a football in the gym while we're waiting for them to get dressed then we had to walk all the way across town together that was kind of the big thing you the team walked and you could hear those cleats coming from blocks away on the the concrete yeah one of the greatest and if it's late in the season it's like dress warm because you will not move Me me and Eric, we called ourselves the sideline sisters because we did not move. (laughs) (laughs) We had such different football experiences. I was I I never saw one snap of varsity football. Man, Those Friday nights after school, I will say such a great time. I I bet it was fun to be good at. But I wasn't like uh, I wasn't like super serious, like Latimer, like get in the zone, freak out in the locker room. I always tried to like joke around, have a good time with people, and people would sometimes get annoyed with me. Like, let's just keep the vibes high. And then once you get on the field, yeah, I did all sorts of terrible, dirty things to the other players that would got flagged for if the refs saw them. My, but, I did all sorts of terrible. Yeah. My receivers dirty. coach was a football guy, and we're like stretching before like JV game one time, and I said, "Hey, Coach A, I got a question for you." And he's like, "What do you want, Speedy?" That's what they called me because I was so slow. I go, "Is it okay if like?" You know, I, I have fun doing this, but like, I don't want to yell and scream and I don't want to headbutt anybody. And I don't want anybody headbutting me. Like, can we just play the game? And he looked at me like I was an alien and just walked away. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was not. A, heart, you don't got that dog. I man. was not like a football guy. Like, hit somebody like, you know, right. and slap each other in the head. I was always like, I'm trying to get hit as least amount of possible out here. Like, yes, I want to catch the football. And not get hit. So don't headbutt me and don't get psyched up by like running into me on the sideline trying to get jacked. Like, I don't want that. And he mm-hmm. he looked at me like I had four eyeballs and just walked away. <laughs> and that's when I was like, maybe football and me are not meant for each other. I'm more of a baseball guy. Like, yeah. Let's spit a few seeds. Let's joke around. Let's baseball players are a little bit more like chill and cool. And then let's just jog out there and play. Yeah. I, I didn't have that dog in me. I did love the very <laughs> I did love the varying the varying degrees of the sports. So as one of the sideline sisters, you always had to watch out for our senior fullback, <laughs> Justin. Sideline sisters. He would run by and just slap a freshman in the side of the helmet as fa- as hard as he could, just getting hyped before opening kickoff, and you'd like, yeah, keep your head on a swivel when <laughs> yeah. you're a sideline sister. You're yeah. like I do not want our starting varsity fullback to smack <laughs> me upside the head. Yeah. And what you what are you gonna say to him? Don't like, dude, he will just like pound you into the ground. It'd be even worse. Yeah. You just, just got to take it and get CTE. It's like yep. all you could do. <laughs> so you try to just like, I don't know. Let me go fill up this water bottle while Justin's running around. I don't want to get killed. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. My next one is Thomas Hansen. Shout out. Not a baseball player. Good friend. Avid listener of the podcast. So Tommy and I and some friends have a baseball tournament one Saturday at Storm Lake back in the day. Half the team gets sick, and then Thomas Hansen has to come play. He's never he, he quit baseball years before. Not a baseball player, but we're we're desperate. We need a ninth player. So did he, did he play anything? Sport. Uh, he ran and then basketball. basketball. Okay. And so he comes in where you throw him out in left field. They yell balls in, and so I'm playing third base. Everyone throws their balls in, and I'm like. Standing, looking at the shortstop, talking to him or something. And all of a sudden, I get hit straight in the wiener. 
<laughs> with a freaking baseball. Thomas chucks it in from left field without aiming or anything right at me, hits me right in the nuts on the fly from left field. Just drills me. And so I got to start. I'm so pissed off at him. I'm yelling and looking right at him. I have to start the game with just aching, throbbing at third base. But it hurt. He just, just right before the end, Dean, I remember, was our coach and my dad, and they're all laughing. And I'm just sitting there fuming at third base. I cannot wait to scream at him when we get into the dugout. Did you ever play anything besides third base? First base and pitcher. Yep. So it was good. Yeah, I was pitcher. Uh, I was Tommy, Tommy Pickles, patrolling right field. Oh yeah. Until I was a sophomore. You put the guy with the biggest arm in right field. That was my that was my last that was one of my last stories was my uh sophomore year uh sub state baseball game, last baseball game I ever played. I got benched for because I played a prank on our star player and it, it pissed him off and um so the coach benched me. God <laughs> just trying to be the glue guy and keep everybody light. The story's yeah. great. Cost of your playing time. Yeah. Uh, was yeah. this prank something that was like it was inappropriate? Okay, yeah. it was yeah. you crossed the line. I crossed a. Would you hot foot him in the dugout or something? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it was I pretty. Like I would have been mad, but not. I would have gotten over it. It was a. I, I would say that there was a way to do that prank. That if you pulled the plug on it early enough, they'd laugh. But I just let it go until the <laughs> the practice right before the substate game. Yeah. Never pulled the plug. And it, it just festered and made it worse. I was a senior year. I was like our co-ace junior year. We had so many good pitchers. I was the guy they just threw against the crappy team at the beginning of every tournament. And then like I would pitch against like Palmer and Palmer and stuff. Mm-hmm. So junior year, I was like, I was like nine and oh with like a point seven ERA because I pitched against all the worst teams we played. When I was pitching a, I think it was a summer league. I know it was a fall, a fall league baseball game. Back in the day, it was when on Saturdays and a dad had to coach it. Like the high school coach couldn't coach fall league. Okay. Is that how it is still? Yeah. So I remember we're playing Newell Fonda and I'm spinning that gem out there. And what grade? uh, I think it was going into my senior year. Okay. And Bo Artist hits a line drive. Very good baseball player. Very strong. Hits it. Smokes a line drive back. I mean, hits me right in my right elbow. And it bounces off my right elbow, super loud, and it rolls over towards first base. And I run over and I pick it up, and I go to throw it to first base to throw him out. Go straight rubber arm, threw it straight sideways into the opposing team dugout. <laughs> that was the that was the game that me and some of the guys got in an argument with oh, yes. the first base coach. Oh yes, remember it's, that? Yes, it's also on brand for Adam just to whip a ball into the opposing team's <laughs> dugout. So like, you don't even know if it was on purpose or not. <laughs> yeah. It was. Oh, everyone laughed at me so hard, and I was like, Coach. Um, I don't think I can pitch anymore. I'm going to need to come out of the game. And I had seam marks on my elbow for like the next two weeks. It was awesome, though. The seam marks look cool. Charm and soft. Get a tattoo of that. <laughs> I, I had seam marks on my kneecap and pe- kept pitching in a game. Ooh! It's got to come back or straight off. Yeah, you don't knee. throw with your knee. Yeah, you just so, plant on it. <laughs> so the day after, not the day, it was the week after my first cross-country race that I mentioned earlier. We had a race then, I believe it was in Storm Lake. How much did how much did Myron just want to disown you? Uh, I like I tell th- this story a lot. My dad, this kid got dead last, and he's crying. My dad played. <laughs> my dad played a lot of baseball in high school and played club baseball at Iowa State. My mom was a good athlete. When they and the other part of the story I didn't tell is that Nate got second to last um, in that first race. Tom's brother. For yeah. those who don't know who Nate is, <laughs> my my older brother. It's a dark day in the Hinkledy household. <laughs> and Sibley hard was, to imagine with all the Nintendo trackpad training <laughs> that you guys got last and second to last. <laughs> the, the, the on the drive home, we rode on the bus, and I cannot imagine what my parents were saying to each other. Our our seed got last and second to last with the one in last place crying. Um, what that conversation must have been like. My parents to this day will say, we were so supportive. We're so proud of you guys for trying. I'm like, bull hunky, 9-11-2001. Ooh, I remember that day. Yep. What so, happened then? So the, the World Trade Centers, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Get hit. And um, I stay home from school because, and I didn't run the cross-country meet because I was distraught from all that had happened that day. <laughs> And so there were several other meets that year that I faked various forms of sick to, it's to miss. It's the second to the last meet of the year, and Tom says, "I'm really, I just can't get over 9 yeah. 11." 
still need to sit I out. mean, we were all distraught that day, but I, I probably could have run a 5K. Yeah. You know. <laughs> what a what a what a weird current events tie-in or histor I guess by now it's a historical event tie-in. Yes. You parlayed a, a terrorist attack, the worst terrorist attack in American history into how can I use this to get out of running my cross country meet? Correct. Yeah. You yeah. are a true American, Tom. <laughs> that happens. Oh man. Yep. Um you did got you, some bird? Did you sit out of a Little League game when the Oklahoma City bombing happened? <laughs> <laughs> or how about the, the 96 bomb threat of the Olympics? I, I hadn't uh, any of those. Tom. There's a bomb in Centennial Park. <laughs> I can't come into work today. I'm pretty distraught <laughs> about the bomb threat at Centennial Park. <laughs> Another uh, embarrassing sports story is, do you guys remember Field Day? Oh, yes. Back in the day, yeah. track and field day. I, Punt, I, pass, and kick. I think we had something kind of, kind of yeah, like this. Yeah, like softball school. throw. We did like the shoe, shoe kick. kick. Oh, we didn't yeah. have this. We'd, and then it was always the class four by one relay, relay, which was the bragging rights. Yeah. So I dominated, undefeated, never lost softball throw and shoe kick. Always had a good arm and obviously a heck of a leg. I mean, come on. Yeah, the golden toe. Would dominate the softball throw and shoe kick. But then the running events, I would get dead last. Because back then I was very fat and out of shape and not athletic yet. You and I would sit in the stands and cry and call myself a loser and how pathetic I am. My mom's like sitting beside me going, dude, you have two blue ribbons from your first place and the other ones. I'd be like, yeah, I look like an idiot out there running, getting last place, look fat. I don't think I had one blue ribbon in any of that stuff. I got a pink ribbon for a shuttle hurdle relay in middle school. That's for sixth place. <laughs> Did you know the ribbons go that far? No, they should go further if you ask me. Uh, oh, I just remembered a story from track. I am famously slow. They put me in the 200 hurdles once. I was so far behind. There's the initial applause when everybody finishes. Gap. And then pity applause when I brought up the... I came in so far. And like, it's embarrassing when the runners are already getting ready for the next race. And you're just crossing the finish line. <laughs> I remember thinking like, this got to be longer than 200 meters. This is taking forever. <laughs> I'm not... Burkharts are not built for speed. We're built for... For comfort. We're built for endurance, but like we're like a, a tractor that you put in like first gear and just pull a stump out with. <laughs> we're built for endurance, but not even like speed endurance. It's more like just constant effort endurance. There you go. I love this. Yeah. You're uh, selling yourself very well right now, yeah. I think. We're yeah. also we're not aquatic people. We're good on land. Yeah. The Burkharts. <laughs> oh, we man. come from a long line of average height people. Have you a black sheep in your family? Nobody's nobody in my family's like five four, but nobody's also like six three. It's just very average height. Yeah. yeah, we're we're not good in the water and we're not good in the air. We're good on <laughs> land. Yeah, we're not as, a, we're not aquatic or aerial people. As uh, Pet always says, self awareness is a superpower. Superpower. Yeah, you and you're know. very self aware. Yep. Yeah, never lose that. Never lose that chip on your shoulder, pal. That doesn't apply. No, that was a weird. <laughs> like, I don't know if that. Fits. It's a weird segue. Uh, I uh, old we went to Oldwine, Iowa. We'd always go for a summer basketball tournament back in the day. Oh, yeah. We went one summer, and a bunch of us were there. And this was in my uh, shaving my head phase. Oh no! And I forgot to bring stuff, and so I was a little fuzzy up top. In the vending machine, there was a packet of cream and a razor with it. At the school. And the hotel we were in. We were in like oh. a motel. Like yeah, a like a yeah, one-story crappy CD motel. Okay. My buddy, my friends were like, if we buy that for you, will you shave your head? I'm like, guys, like, it's too long. I need, to, I need to like buzz it first. And they're like, no. So I do it. It's the worst experience of all time. I'm just tearing my scalp up. <laughs> Bleeding everywhere, all over the place. I get it done. It looks terrible. Do you have like little dots of toilet paper all over your head oh, on the blood I spots? Had, like, I had like the hotel white hotel towel just draped over my head soaking up blood. Finally get it to stop like five minutes where I have to leave for the game, except for once I nicked my ear. My ear would not stop bleeding. One <laughs> I, of my friends, I can't believe I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah. One of my friends bandages up my ear the best he can, duct tapes like my ear and oh, all no. this stuff. I go out and play the game looking like I got like a robot bolt coming out of my head over here. Just horrible. And then I put aftershave on my head because I thought it was moisturizer at the time. Burned like you would not believe. Screaming and yelling at the top of my lung. My head was on fire. All the cuts with aftershave in it. And it had robot ear and played the game that way. You went and put up like 30 and 20? I don't remember. It was probably somewhat. Just productive. played like your hair was on fire? <laughs> uh, this was, I was a freshman. And 
I think it was like after this where I got to the point where I was like, I don't give a crap what people think of me. I could laugh about it. These were embarrassing. Was, was there ever a time where you cared? Uh, probably when I was little. Okay. As soon as I kind of like have hit you, a growth have you spurt, ever been little? got athletic when I was young. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so freshman year, we go to the Ida Grove track meet. And there's a senior from Ida Grove named A.G. Shabel. Uh, studded everything. And he's going to USD to play football. And okay. so he ended up playing in the NFL for like six years. Um, but he's throwing discus right before me. He's a senior and I'm a freshman. He's he's like, I don't know, 6'4", 240 at the time probably. He also won the 100 and the 200-meter dash, which I thought was ridiculous. Who wins discus and then wins the 100 and 200-meter dash? That's that's kind of insane, yeah. actually. Yeah, rare. well, he played in the NFL. He's one of those freaks. I feel like Brian Bosworth could have done that. Yeah. And so he goes and throws and sets the state discus record for 1A right before me. He throws it 191 feet, and I go up as a freshman. Everyone's freaking out. They're congratulating him and all this. They're announcing it, and I go up after him. I throw it 98 feet. <laughs> and I was, I was like, dejected, felt like a complete loser. What like, did he throw it? 191 feet. At the time, was the state record. <laughs> Holy cow. And then it's since been broken. It's over well over 200 now. But... I was just like, I am such a fat little bald headed loser. I just threw it over a hundred feet less than him almost. This hey, is terrible. Don't beat yourself up. You, you got were... eight solo tackles in the what NFL it... in two thousand six. Did he really? Yeah. He's he played a How long did he play? One year. Oh, that's it? Eleven games. Wow. I thought he played. He was like probably s- in the practice squad. Or I thought something. he had like a six year career. Mm-hmm. How about that? So did uh what was the furthest you threw as a senior? Like one forty five. I'd go out there and get us like two, three points. Yeah. My job was to get us two, three points, and then Tom and everyone else can take over and get the rest of the points. <laughs> and I'm going to eat nachos and cheer them on. Yeah. And so then, like four meets later, we're in the, I'll never forget the, the Cherokee meet. Shane Mayer, I get, he's from Storm Lake. He's like the second ranked uh, shot put thrower in the entire country out of high school. And he comes up right in front of me and he throws the national best throw. In all of high school. What? Shane Mayer. Yes. And then I come up behind. He threw it like 64 feet. Shot put. I come up behind him as a true freshman and throw it like 32 feet. And I was like, "This is why does this keep happening to me? This is embarrassing. And then he ended up going on to Iowa. Was like a multiple time Big Ten champ in shot put and all that. Was he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. He was ranked second in the country. At one point, he had the longest throw. Then he got passed up by some other guy. Yeah, he went and was all Big Ten and all that. I was a freshman. He was a senior. to throw after him. Back-to-back state records, I got to throw after them. <laughs> That's embarrassing. And now singing, and they announce who's going to come. What sing, it, Bo Bice's brother. brother. Eric Bice? <laughs> this is from something. What it's is a movie. It? The yeah. Goods, Live Hard, Sell Hard. Yeah. yeah. The Goods? Live Hard, Sell Hard. Yeah, I know, but I feel like I've heard this joke, and I've never seen that movie. It's, it's, it's oh, from it's that great. movie. Yeah. All right, 90s quick hitter. Sorry they went long. It's 11 o'clock. Yeah, it'd be better if I didn't freaking screw up earlier. Um, the other day, I was just thinking about... I got nostalgic about the 90s. You're traveling with your family. You're always nostalgic about the 90s. True. This is not new ground. <laughs> so you're traveling with your family. It's the 90s. You're in a hotel. You're all hanging out. Got the sweet aqua like bed covers. And you want food. But we don't have cell phones and all that stuff. So you sit around as a family and you go through the phone book that's provided. Oh, yeah. And you look at the yellow pages and you start mm-hmm. combing through the pizza places or the fast food. They have the phone number listed. The menu and specials might be in the yellow pages too. I have those fo- were good times. I have fond memories of ordering Domino's. Yeah, and for the first time Papa ever, John's Papa John's. I can remember a trip we went on. I don't remember where. Maybe we were in Tampa in 2000. First time I ever had Papa John's, and they included that garlic butter stuff. Yes, it was. Our family was like, "This, this is unreal. This it's is a, crazy." Oh, it's so good. All we had growing up was Casey's Pizza. Yep, you know so. Domino's, well, we lived in rural Iowa. There was no delivery. Mm-hmm. So it, it was special to be like, we're in the big city. We're ordering pizza mm-hmm. and they're going to bring it to our room. This is awesome. We are like Richie Rich. Oh, it was awesome. I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. And then there might be like an like a local pizza place you haven't heard of that delivers. You're like, oh, we'll check them out. Mm. Something like that. Yeah, those were, those were good times. I remember that same time period where... I remember being terrified of going places because I didn't understand how we wouldn't get lost. Like maps made no sense to me. And seeing my mom and dad argue over a map, I was just like, 
how am I going to grow up? I'll never be able to figure this out. The old Rand it's like McNally. going to Kansas City felt to me like we're going to go off into some black hole and never come back. Gosh. Because how do you know how to get places? Yeah. yeah. It was so much more difficult. It, well, it just really, it, it, my little brain couldn't understand it. All right, boys. Uh, we went late. Appreciate you guys sticking around. Um, be some fun editing of this one. Yeah. This will this <laughs> will not be backwards and bonfires after dark. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. <laughs> All right. Hut hut.